Hello, world culture enthusiasts. We are back with another episode of Crossing Cultures, a podcast where guests from all over the world talk about subtle, surprising, intriguing, and bizarre cultural differences in everyday life. My name is Asaf, and today we have a treat for all of you, because today we're going to talk about pets and animals with these amazing guests from Brazil, Hong Kong, Italy, and the United States. How about you guys introduce yourselves? We'll start with... Hi, I'm Hannah. I'm from Brazil. I'm 28. Do you, do do you have like a pet? I, not anymore. I used to. I had a dog for 16 years. What was his or her name? His name was Tobias Afonso. Again? Tobias Afonso. And I got him when I was 10. And I wanted to give him a very like, dramatic sounding name. Mm-hmm. So I could like... <laughs> You know, like, Tobias Afonso, don't do that. Don't like be on the parents, couch. Uh, use the middle name. To yeah. Get and what does that name mean? Is it Nothing. Like, I I think I, I got it from, you know, like a list of baby names. Uh. But they both sound very old. It would be like uh, Tobias Alfonso. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you were to pronounce it like... <laughs> and was he, if we want to dumb it down for America. Was he, yeah, was he, uh, <laughs> like, did he... Did he act his name? Yeah, totally, he did. He was a little lord. He would, like, ignore people on the street. People would be like, oh, can I pet your dog? And I was like, sure. And he would just, like, walk past everyone with his little head (laughs) held high. And uh, he was the best dog. He was very, like, full of personality, and I loved him. But he got very old. I guess that happens. All right, our next guest. Hi, I'm uh, Jonathan. I'm 29. Um, I get pets. So uh, I still have a dog. Mm-hmm. He's four months away from being 18. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, small dog? No, he's not a small. Well, medium size. His mother was golden retriever. Wow. wow. Usually the small, like yeah. the ones that live the longest are the small, the small. ones. Because yeah. we don't know what his father was. He's, um, he's black. <laughs> He's got a, he looks like a terrier, not a golden retriever. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, and uh, previously I also had a cat that we lived with uh, that we adopted back in Hong uh, I, I come from Hong Kong. So um, I came to Israel about uh, seven years ago, and it's obviously an 18-year-old dog. I had him for 11 years when I was in Hong Kong. He came with us to Israel, as well as the cat. And... Um, so the dog was is called Choco, which was a unique name in Hong Kong. Uh-huh. Nobody calls their dog Choco in Hong Kong. Here, like every dog is Choco. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, and the cat, similarly, was called Mitzi. Mitzi, all right. Yeah. That makes sense. And also from Hong Kong? Also from Hong Kong. Okay. Mitzi, Mitzi is a very common Mitzi Israeli name. Mitzi is the quintessential, quintessential cat name. <laughs> exactly. You brought the cat also with you too? Yeah. It? Both of us, we adopted in Hong Kong and they came with us to Israel here. Mm-hmm. Cool. My name is Michael. I've, I'm Italian. I currently have a cat. I've had already a cat in the past. And I had a hamster with the same kind of concept name as yours. <laughs> 
called Victor Franz. Ah, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> we, I, used, I got him from my sister when uh, I used to live with a lot of friends musicians of mine in the academy. And I wanted to give him a musical name and my other uh, flatmate wanted to give like a strong name. So Franz for Franz Schubert, which uh -huh. is one of the uh, <laughs> composers. And Victor. And Victor Franz sounded fantastic because it sounds like, you know, a Prussian, you know, mm -hmm. emperor. Yeah, so of course. Yeah. Amazing. And I have, I used to have one of my, uh, a cat that died about a year ago, my childhood cat, and one that I have now here in Israel, and uh, her name is Taika. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, uh, I'm Yoni. I uh, grew up in the United States and uh, always grew up with uh, dogs around. Um, when my earliest memory, memory of a pet is like having a bird. Uh, my parents had like a bird in our kitchen and had a gerbil at one point. And uh, just about a year and a half ago, I adopted a dog uh, here. And were you from originally in the States? From Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah. All right. So I'll just pitch in. I, I used to have a, a dog. His name was Plier. Like the, the tool. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I named him. I don't know why. And then we had a cat. He was half black, half white. So we called him Jackson. Like what? Michael Jackson. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and now I just, uh, a few weeks ago, I adopted a rescue dog. And a pit bull. So you're a like, let's, let's do yeah. an episode on pets. <laughs> exactly. It's and time. I thought I'd do an episode. Uh. Even though she, she is a, a pit bull. Uh, she has the shape of a pit bull, but the personality of a hedgehog. Mm. <laughs> How old she is does she? nothing but like curl up into a ball and sit in the corner. That's all she does all day. <laughs> How old is she? Uh, we don't know. She she's probably around four, something like that. We took her from we took her from the pound. But yeah, but we so we had a gerbil and we've had uh, a dog and a cat and some birds and have you ever had fish? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So no, never actually. Never. Mm -hmm. Never thought. Never understood. It's the, it's uh, the perfect training pet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's really impressive when you said having an 18-year-old dog. Yeah, that's wow. a that's a, a record here. Yeah, call Guinness like <laughs> <laughs> entering the book. All right. So why don't you guys tell me how how common are pets where you guys come from? Very common. It's quite common. Like, yeah. But it depends. In Italy, for example, mostly most people have either cats at home or dogs. But the specific kind of dogs, it's not like here where in Israel that you get most, you, you find a dog on Rescues, the street or rescue yeah. cause it's, it's mostly dogs that are like pedigree dogs. You find a lot of pedigree dogs in Italy, a lot. It's because it's a s social status when you have a certain kind yeah. of dog. Mm. And it's interesting. And there are like trends. Right, like yeah. uh, two years ago, everybody got a French, bull French, no. bulldog. French bulldog. No bulldog, yeah. yeah, French bulldog. Like everyone had one. It's kind of weird. This yeah. like trends in pets. Yeah. At least in Brazil, I saw a lot of that. You remember, like ten years ago, when Paris Hilton, or ten or fifteen years ago, when Paris Hilton used to have the small dogs, the yes. chihuahuas. Yeah. Everybody and got everyone chihuahuas. Had chihuahuas. <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. And also, I think Ren and Stimpy had something to do with it. You think so? I, I don't know. Yeah, I, that's my hunch. <laughs> <laughs> but you said the same thing that in the U.S. it's more of having the, having a dog that's a, a purebred or a pedigree dog is is kind of a social status. It's more than having a, a mixed breed. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say so much it's uh, social status, but it's just kind of un, not unheard of because there is, you know, there are shelters, there's the SPCA that are doing these uh, rescue missions, but most of families will uh, will have just 
you know, purebred dog. That's just that's the that's the norm. You go, you find your breeder. They, you know, they tell you when the when the litter is going to be ready. I'm talking like dogs mostly uh-huh. because this is like the, the common household pet in the states. You uh, you see when your litter is going to be ready. You pick out the picture of the dog that you want, and then it's you pick it up or it's shipped to you. So who who gets dogs like rescue dogs and dogs from the pounds, and who gets to who adopts dogs? I, I think in Israel it's it's a little bit more common to adopt a dog. Yeah. Yeah, than it is to common. get much more common. Yeah, and, and that's why we have a lot, a lot more mutts and mixed breeds. Mm-hmm. There's a little social taboo on like buying dogs. I think, yeah, that I was going to say it's the opposite way around here. I love it. I love that people here think badly of buying dogs. Like, I, I know that there are great breeders in the world. Like, some of them are very trustworthy and everything. But at least in Brazil, it's a big problem of like illegal breeders and they mistreat the dog. So I, I think the way is to adopt a dog. I love this Absolutely. culture here. My father, it's every so time he comes back from Italy to visit, mm-hmm. he like he enjoys the fact that all the dogs are look happy here <laughs> <laughs> because they're happy. They they're dogs happy. because the city is full of, you know, Places for the dogs to go dog out, and they're and, they and they're and they're not pedigree. They're yeah, and they, it could have been much worse too. It could have been you know? much worse. And all these not, dogs, and, and it's not like that in Italy because yeah, t- I mean Tel Aviv specifically. I can only speak for Tel Aviv at yeah. least. Is a very let's call it dog friendly city. Mm-hmm. There's oh parks everywhere. There's special designated areas yeah. where you can let your dog uh, run free. Almost every restaurant. Yeah. Is Almost every yeah, you can you can sit with your dog in a coffee shop or a restaurant. A lot of the workplaces are considered dog friendly. Um, you obviously you see a lot of pet shops and like places where you can buy food for your dog. Even some of the beaches allow dogs. Yeah. I don't know how it is in where you guys from are from. I actually have something to say about that because in Hong Kong, unfortunately, there's a, there's a, there's one of the most like we have a street called Pet Pet Street, where on well it's a, it's more like a district where on one of them you. You just find lots of little fishes in small bags about this big, and uh, it, it's absolute cruelty that people just go. In my opinion, that you can buy them like snacks or something. You put them in your like. Most of these will not get bought and get thrown away at the end of the day. Wow. Wow. And, and these are these are sold as pets. And that's that's the these are sold as pets, mm-hmm. but most of them don't get sold and they just die in the bag and get thrown oh. away. And Shame. unfortunately, the, the, it's the adjacent street sells dogs in small cages. And the problem with Hong Kong is that they're also seen as a status symbol. Mm. But um, the apart- most of the apartments in Hong Kong, 90% of the people who live in Hong Kong don't have just the logistical facility to take care of a dog. So they'll buy a dog for the kid or something. And they live in an, an apartment that's about... I don't know, 10, 20 square meters, mm-hmm. and there's no room for the dog to go anywhere, and gets neglected. Eventually, they buy a little cage to put in the corner. Mm-hmm. It's it's really sad. I don't think. And also, Hong Kong has a big stray dog problem because the dogs get mm-hmm. that get thrown out because of that. Are they lucrative businesses? Even like lucrative businesses. That's so why then. That's exactly why. Yeah, because I was gonna say, if you have uh, if you have options to you know take other business, you would. Yeah. So if people, sure. I mean, why why aren't cats? More co- are cats any are cats common? Why aren't cats more common? In I Hong don't Kong? know. Kind of like kind of like here in, in in Israel and Tel Aviv, especially you have lots of lots of street cats. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like in the rural areas in Hong Kong, you have lots of uh, stray dogs, 
they're more dangerous obviously they uh, they form packs sometimes and things like that but um, I think also Hong Kong when when I lived in Hong Kong I don't know if this is the case but I did, did notice there are lots of birds of prey large eagles and mm. things like that mm. and I think they prey on I don't I don't I wouldn't quote me on this but I think that I'm just theorizing that's one of the reasons we don't see a lot of stray cats in Hong Kong interesting I, I mean, you've all seen there's the Tel Aviv is dominated by stray cats. Of course. Yeah. I think it has something to do with the, with the climate because I think cli- cats love Wasn't hot weather or hot climate. Uh, there's Hong this. Uh, I thought it was the story, story was, was yeah. There's this urban the myth. Story, right? the, or, the urban myth. The one I know that you know whatever 70 years ago when Tel Aviv was starting to really form there was a big rat problem. And that's what I've heard. And they brought in cats to... I mean, that, <laughs> might, that, that might be true. But I'm guessing it, it could be true. But, but that wouldn't explain why even today there are many more uh, cats than dogs. I think it's, it's a cultural reason because people are, you know, they find it uh, more difficult to uh, you know, throw away the dog. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you have a dog, if you don't want him anymore, you take him to a pound but or, you, or you take it to someone else. And I think a cat is a little bit more independent, so the cat might just even run away. I don't know, Michael but might the, disagree. But <laughs> first of all, there's a stigma. Every time I say that I have a cat here in Tel Aviv, you it's say, like, really? Yeah. I'm like, hmm, really? That's my reaction. Yeah, I know a lot of people here that have cats. It's not that a lot of people have cats here, but because there are so many you know, street cats around, mm-hmm. people, most people see the cat as something that either, not, like something disgusting, like a rat, basically. Uh-huh. Oh, it's like you have a rat in your house. No. No, I, <laughs> I agree with okay. you, obviously. But <laughs> well, there, there is a, a stigma. There is a stigma in Israel about cats. I, I'm sure it's it's. I don't, I don't know if it's only in Israel, but in Israel, you know, we think of the cat as the pet that only the crazy cat lady would have. You know, Thank okay, you. It's, 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 a, it's a more feminine. Ca- it's Thank a more you. feminine animal, and also, you know, there's a saying that if you have a dog in your house, then the dog is your pet. If you have a cat in your house, then you are the pet. Of course. <laughs> but this is kind of true. <laughs> That's very true. It's very true. They're the boss. Very true. It's no, true. no, I pay rent, but she's the owner. She's, of the owner. <laughs> she's written on the contract. I, I've, read, I've read this article about something called contra-freeloading. Have you ever heard that term? No. Contra-freeloading is, is a concept in psychology, and it applies to all animals where an animal or a person would rather work for their food than have it served to them. And they tested this, they've tested it on dogs, on humans, like a human would rather earn something than be mm-hmm. given it to. And it, it, it's true for animals, for, all, for lions, it's true for birds, it's even true for fish. The only animal that it doesn't apply to <laughs> is the house cat, yeah. which prefers to be served without working. <laughs> So that says a lot about your choice too. I mean, I think it's um, it's benevolent to have a, a cat, you know. Sometimes I come back home after work, and I'm all dressed up after a concert. So you know, I'm a violinist, so I have to dress up in black or suit and everything like that. And sometimes she's at home, so she's hungry, or I forgot to feed her, or something like that. And I'll serve her with my suit because I have no <laughs> other way around. Like the and, true. Brother. And my cat. <laughs> is the happiest cat in Tel Aviv at that time because that's how they're supposed to be served. Yes. Yeah, they're exactly. like, my, my, uh, my, my servant is putting on his nice clothes. <laughs> exactly. Do you put on the white gloves to serve? I have them in the drawer yeah. sometimes <laughs> if it's a special occasion. <laughs> what about um, the kinds of breeds that you see where you guys are from? Because whenever I walk down the streets of Tel Aviv, I 
I am just shocked by the amount of huskies, huskies. and Alaskan Malamutes and St. Bernards. So and I always think, here. why would you bring a dog that is, you know, designed or bred to live in the snow <laughs> to, to the a desert. city like Tel Aviv <laughs> where it's hot 300 days of the But year? But also in Brazil, like Sao Paulo, the coldest it gets, when it gets really cold, like... 10 degrees yeah that is like super cold and people have lots of huskies i think the most popular is the labrador and golden retrievers like they are all around but people have all kinds of dogs like really big ones massive fur and what do you think the appeal is why 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 do people have like, because they're beautiful i mean they are beautiful and dogs cuddly, and you can like roll around the ground with them and sleep on them and love them forever. huskies specifically yeah, yeah. i mean that's a, also i wanted to actually bring that up before because mm -hmm. of all the things a lot of people love to get you know half breeds and everything apart from the husky you say you see a lot Every of huskies around yeah. And it's like, it's the same question that I was asking myself. I mean, it's it's a beautiful animal. It's the one that looks the most like a wolf. Yeah. If I lived in a country that was cold, I think I, I, I would want a husky. There's two kind of dogs I would want, a husky or a beagle. But a husky, is a, it's a beautiful See, dog. See, that's the thing. You're saying, if I were to live in a country that was cold, and here that. you are in, you know... Middle of the desert. Right. Yeah. What about um, less common animals? So we said gerbils and... and uh, What else did we say? Mice? I forgot. Hamsters. Well, hamsters. Yeah, I'm sorry. I used to have an iguana. She, I did, but she was... She sh she Don't they her life forever? was short. Was aren't they supposed to live a long time? <laughs> that one didn't. <laughs> They're, supposed <laughs> to. They're supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> that one didn't. Don't uh, make herself cry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, her, actually, her yeah. name was Shusha. She was Shusha. named Shusha. She was named after the Brazilian. After Shusha? Yeah, after Shusha from Brazil. Wow, uh, she was crazy. a big thing by back then in Israel. I I found out that Shusha was a thing last year when I came here, and then Ilarie started like playing at a club, and I was like, "What is happening here? <laughs> <laughs> What is this?" And people were like, "No, she was huge." Yeah. Everybody so for those Shusha. of you of you who don't know, Shusha was a Brazilian. TV presenter. TV presenter, and yeah. I think it was she like... She still is. She's still there. She's still active. Still doing it. But in the mm -hmm. 90s, she was a huge thing in Israel. I don't yeah. know why, but she was like, everyone knew Shusha. Everyone uh, knew her songs. Mm -hmm. yeah. She was like this big, big thing. And so when I had an iguana, it, would, it, it totally made sense to call her Shusha. Did she look like an iguana? The no, she was very attractive. She, I mean, she didn't look like an iguana at all, but... <laughs> but Do you do you see certain a certain like uh, character that the iguana had? Like there were certain things that he liked and didn't like. Like you would like you see with a dog. See, it's like really, with a dog for, I think for an iguana it's really hard because an iguana does absolutely nothing <laughs> all day long. That's like what the iguana does. Yeah. If you have, I mean, maybe when when they get older and they're a little bit more mobile, mm. but that iguana was she was still small, and she you know like any reptile she just we had like a light mm -hmm. a heat lamp. She just stood there for all the all day long. Bathed in it. Bathed, sunbathed all day long. Huh. Did nothing else. Because my ex-girlfriend used to have not an iguana, but they used to have a bird. That was a, uh, I think, a cockatoo or some kind of like small parrot. This very small, this beautiful thing. Very, very, it, it looks very beautiful, but then you get to know it. And I got to know him for two years. He was already old, like 16, 17. He has a character. Like, I thought yeah, birds are do. not, you know, they're like, they sit and they, you know, and they, and they take a dump and they eat and they don't. <laughs> he's scared. He gets, you know, he's happy. Yeah. He whistles and you get, you know, you, you see an actual character behind 
a very stupid animal, which yeah. birds are not intelligent <laughs> animals. Corvids. They're not. But maybe I mean, crows, it, maybe crows. I mean, compared and to maybe compared to humans, but you know, within their yeah. own breed, yeah. uh, uh, they have enough. I forgot the name. Not a parrot, like Arara, uh, hmm. the Brazilian one, like really big, colorful. Like a peacock, maybe. No. Mm. Google it's, it's like a, it's like a, it was a big bird, right? It's yeah, a big, colorful it's a bird. big colorful bird. I just forgot the name in English. We'll right write now. it down and then yeah, and then in put the notes, it, yeah. Put it here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a very intelligent bird, yeah. like very much so. Like you, you were asking about like exotic animals, and I was thinking about that at home before I came. And I realized that I know a lot of people in Brazil who have like different sorts of animals. My sister had this friend that had this bird and the bird was like so attached to him. Mm -hmm. She would like sleep on his chest. She would be like, like a dog, you know, and the birds, they suffer when they are separated Mm -hmm. from the people and from the other birds that they love. Also my... I think my grandfather had one mm-hmm. um, named Rosa, Rose, and my mom told me about this because my mom grew up in the north part of Brazil, like near the Amazon, not exactly the Amazon, mm-hmm. but like the northern part of Brazil, and they had this bird, and they talk, like, it's like a parrot, but it's not a parrot, mm-hmm. uh, and they, my mom and her siblings would ask for a feather so they could write with, and the bird would like rip a feather of really? its back and give them yeah and it hmm. would ask for cookies it didn't let anyone pet her yeah. except for my grandma but they are like very intelligent well, they say the same thing about horses and pigs as well pigs can mm-hmm. be pigs you know we think of them as food actually but they can become very attached to the owner i've seen youtube videos or, or interviews yeah. with pig farmers yeah they're supposed to be very intelligent they're supposed to be very very intelligent and we know them as food or Maybe not here in Israel, mm. but everywhere else. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Can we just, I mean, call this like an animal instinct? You know, the think the the need for connection and uh, I don't know relationships that no, they're just making it anyway. I yes, but I imagine that you, there are certain things that you see that you know certain if, if you live with an animal for two, three, four, ten years, there's certain uh, like aspects of the character that just come out and that you you understand what they like what they don't like what kind of food they like what kind of uh, for sure i think everything every animal will have its own preferences it's just yeah, the ones that everyone that society is used to dogs cats like these are we 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 have such long standing relationships with these breeds that yeah. like with these uh, species rather yeah. that like we know better what their uh, what their mannerisms are and sometimes it's hard to tell where where it's where you're talking about the species mm-hmm. having a personality, and then maybe inside the species, the certain breeds have different personalities, and then sure. every yeah. individual yeah. animal yes. has their own uh, character, right? And I'd say, if we're talking about pit bulls, okay, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's true because my dog is the most docile animal <laughs> I've ever met, but some people say that uh, pit bulls are vicious or they're active. They're not. This specific dog does absolutely not. She's afraid of. uh, She's afraid of the wind. (laughs) When I walk her out and there's a gust of wind, she'll curl up and. Or a truck passing by. Have this. Everything, everything. The wind, the truck, (laughs) a person on a scooter. Everything just frightens her. No, but actually, pit bulls like they are very gentle and docile, and they are great with kids. Mm. They're like really 
great dogs to have and they but they can be bred to be like guard dogs which people so, do and fight dogs as well yeah, so, so yeah so actually let's talk about it how common in it is it i mean in israel unfortunately it's not common but it does happen that people breed dogs like pit bulls and terriers for fights um, I've, I've, never never, I've never seen it. I've never met anyone who, who was involved in it, but I know that, that it, it happens. happens. And if you, I, I've asked the pound where I took the dog from. It, yeah, this is, is quite common. Uh, so how is it like in other places? Probably, like, I, I would bet that there's a lot of that in Brazil. Like, mm -hmm. I would put my money on that it happens a lot, but also it's highly illegal it's animal cruelty it's awful so i don't know about it i don't know anyone who's been involved in it but um, like i'm guessing that it happens in the united states it happens all the time i mean there's and unfortunately right that um that these are happening there's you know these high profile cases like mike vick and yeah. and, and all of this but uh it just puts such unfortunate stigma on these breeds like yeah, pit bulls and rottweilers just because they are physically susceptible to being raised in a certain way that they can fight and that they can kill mm -hmm. that society thinks okay now these are fighters these are killers and you know there's no there's no real way to reverse that I was uh, flying home uh, I had a work trip last summer uh, in the States and uh, and I was flying home with my dog and I was like getting all of the paperwork together. We called her uh, an emotional support animal <laughs> so that she could get on the plane. Um, and uh, I was filling out the paperwork for United Airlines, and they're like, uh, "Is the dog uh, any bit Pitbull or Rottweiler?" I was hmm. Like, why is that a question? Yeah. You know. And then and I realized like you know it's just uh, it's this you know long-standing stigma that's been put on uh, put on these you know unfortunate breeds that now it's making its way into airline policies. Crazy. In Italy, I'm not sure. I don't think it's an endemic problem. I would imagine, though, that I mean, of course, being illegal, maybe the mafia gangs would have would have you know dog fights. Really? Yeah. I Is would that imagine. still a thing? Mafia? Yes. In Italy? Oh, of course. I mean, right. It's huge. We have to have some stereotypes. For <laughs> <movies>. <laughs> you know, there's different kinds of you know. We don't want to get into a different, but absolutely. I mean, it's very strong. Mm -hmm. uh, there's different kinds as well. If you go to Napoli, there's a certain kind of there's a mafia with a certain kind of name, and it's an organization. You go to Sicily, there's Cosa Nostra, mm -hmm. and then you go to Calabria and Puglia. It is kind of like a mixed bag of many things. Mm -hmm. So, also with animals, it's the same thing. I mean, I would I would not presume to know what what kind of dogs in the south people get, mm -hmm. but I know in the north where I come from, Milano, mm -hmm. and I or as the same thing it's not an endemic from what i know but it is a big country you know many things can yeah. happen so once in a while you'll see like on the newspaper a, a headline with dogs you know uh, two dogs died one person got a charge with uh, you know abuse against animals mm -hmm. so uh, i don't know maybe hong kong um i don't think hong kong has that many uh, dog f dog fighting in general because it just it's hard to hide that kind of thing mm -hmm. in a cr very crowded city mm -hmm. especially in because it's a small place is seven uh, almost seven and a half million people uh in a like in a place slightly larger than tel aviv mm -hmm. so um but i do think that there are many other types like other animal fighting that goes mm -hmm. on like uh, chickens or mm. Or insects, even sometimes. Really? Yeah, wait, 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 talk about that. That's really interesting. <laughs> well, traditionally, in um, 
traditionally in, in China they have a cricket fight. Mm -hmm. Two crickets in the cage. Crazy. Is that so considered as cruelty? Yeah. yeah. Well, why not? Of course, yes, but... But it, like under the eyes of the law, I guess you're asking, right? That's, what my, that's my question. Under the eyes of the law, it's less... It's less... Uh, it's, it's seen as a lesser kind of... I can't imagine like a cricket fight being busted open by yeah. uh, I guess the law has legally it's I mean, more of an issue of the betting on that exactly right, yeah. sure, right, sure. right, right, right but um, yeah uh, we do there I know that in Hong Kong the cruelty to animals is not so much well I, I'm it's just from the circles I'm, I'm in I used to play airsoft in Hong Kong and mm -hmm. sometimes we airsoft is like BB guns but mm -hmm. slightly safer than me Mm -hmm. And uh, I know that there were videos circulating on on the on like um, people getting arrested for testing BB guns on dogs and stuff and like stuff like that. It's absolutely uh, atrocious, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like a, appalling kind of. But uh, there was a video of like a chained dog just being shot at. It's just. And just to address, like, kind of the white sorry elephant. To be the downer no, no, it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it's very interesting. Just to address, kind of, the white elephant in the room, because I know in China there's some places where they actually eat dogs. Well, I think we've addressed that already. Just like we've we've talked about how people in this country or not or in the world see pigs as mm -hmm. food. Uh, it's just the same in parts of China where they see dogs as food. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's the same as if you go to India and you see cows in the street, no one would think to eat a cow because yeah. they, they look so at the cow I, the way we look at dogs. Or if, even if it's a stray dog, you wouldn't think to take it home and cook it. That, that's exactly the part of uh, the cultural differences we're talking about. Absolutely. Like, um, I mean, I don't agree with it. But is it, but can, is it common difference. in... Uh, it's not as common as I think people make it out to be. Mm -hmm. Just go to China and buy a dog to eat or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. Uh, it's. I think it's northern. Don't quote me on this. I think it's most in northern parts of China that is mm -hmm. uh, that you get that you get this kind of um, kind of dog dog food market. There is the dog dog meat festival at mm -hmm. parts of China like but that. What is it said to taste like? I don't know. I haven't tasted it. No. I haven't heard of it. It doesn't interest me. <laughs> I, I try to avoid but it. Wha as much as why I can. is th why is it the fact because of poverty? So dogs are an abundant source of meat, and if you have no are money, they cheap, to buy are they? I, you know, I really think it's the I same as know. as you know. We would look at a goat or a, or, or a chicken. I remember yeah. uh, years ago when um, they brought in a lot of workers from Thailand mm. to work in agriculture in Israel, and they would catch a dog. And, and eat it and not because they're cruel people or they have nothing to eat or th things like that because to them just as if you were, if you move to another country where there's I don't know goats just running around yes. and you see a goat and you don't think it belongs to anyone and you're used to eating goats you eat a goat you, you, eat, a you goat. eat that goat <laughs> yeah and I'm, I'm trying I'm not being judgmental I, I really think it is a cultural difference it's all a matter of perspective it's, it's all a matter of perspective yeah, absolutely sure. yeah I I talked to one Korean a long time ago and I said something about like ah I've heard that in Korea they eat dogs and the person was like but it's not like the cute dogs that you know they're ugly dogs <laughs> <laughs> like, it's for food and I don't know if it was a joke or not I mean the cute dogs go to the rich families yeah like yeah. it was a, like a, a different breed or that's it like it's it's a kind of dog that they see as um, 
how do you call like farm animals? Yeah. Well, I mean, so really it's, it's like it's a, it's, a, it's a spectrum, you know, yeah. from from animals that you would never think to eat, and then it, it you know slowly becomes more acceptable. And every country, every culture, it, it's they place they put the line different in yeah. a different yeah. place. Some places a horse is is a people eat camels here, in some places. Yeah, they yeah. Yeah, Bedouins eat camels, right? Some I think some eat camels, and then it's for some, for others, they don't eat the camel because it's considered. It's uh, yeah, it's like it's, it's more. Yeah. it's a transportation method. Mm -hmm. It's uh, you know, it's, it's like why are you eating my car? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole new version of dude, where's my car? I ate it. Well, let's talk about uh, service animals. All right, okay. you mentioned having animals as. Um, you call it emotional support animal? Yeah, it's the it's the special distinction that's not quite uh, whatever service related. Yes. They don't serve a function, but other than to. I remember, I remember yeah, exactly. going into the state when I was last time I was in the states. It was San Diego, New York, and you could see dogs everywhere. Not by quantity of dogs, but just because people could get their dogs into pretty much every place. Like we talked about Tel Aviv being a very dog friendly city. I think in the U.S., if you if your animal is considered an emotional support animal, you can it's it's like a seeing eye dog. Mm -hmm. and you can, it has the same kind of pass. It goes everywhere a seeing eye dog can. I think in Israel, you can take a dog to almost everywhere except supermarkets. Some bars maybe here maybe bar. But it you you can be outside. You can't be inside. Yes. But let's see the inside of like bars and restaurants. And then like places like banks and offices. But if you have a seeing eye dog, then obviously you can take them everywhere. Oops, right. And we are very unfamiliar in Israel with the concept of uh, an emotional support animal. I can't take my pit bull into a supermarket and say, no, 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 this is an emotional support animal. <laughs> that's, that's unheard of. But how is it in the U.S.? Like, how, do you, how, do you make your, how do you get your animal that kind of certificate? Well, I mean, there's a, there's a law um, from, I want to say, the 70s or 80s, the Americans with Disabilities Act, um, that provides the definition, the legal definition of what a service animal is. Mm -hmm. And the basically it's a very lean definition, which is that it's an animal that provides someone with a disability a service. Um, so that you know can be in the, the list has grown over over the years but like let's take um, you know seeing eye dogs as like the most uh, you know clear uh, clear example. Um, the the law states that a business owner or uh, security at wherever you might be can only ask you two questions. The first is, is this dog or pig a service animal? Mm -hmm. And you have to say, you know, yes. If you say no, then they then they're they have the um, the authority to eject you. But if you say yes, then the second question is, what service does this animal provide? So you have to be more or less uh, more or less specific. And if you're not, you know, if you're not doing something that's under the this list, then you know yeah. they they have the right to kick you out. Um, but uh, but emotional support is uh, is like a is like a little bit different. It's like it's more or less. Um, a distinction from airlines and certain, you know, certain service industries um, that will allow uh, dogs that provide emotional support, like you know, someone who's afraid to fly or whatever. And they would let the dog in in the uh, the airline, like on the plane yeah, yeah. with the passenger. That's yeah. I didn't. I don't have to pay any money. Mm. It's like uh, you know, I, I I did all the forms and whatever, checked all the boxes and signed to say that uh, they were. Emotional yeah, support. So I had sorry, I had this conversation with friends like a week ago, and uh, one of them is American, and she said 
that is not just cats and dogs like you can uh, you can apply any animal any animal ever you can be like this is my emotional support tarantula it, i no, take it's it true. everywhere it's it's very true it's, it, it's how crazy do you, how do you travel with an animal because i always i, I like i always kind I of think had it's, the i idea. think it's much easier than traveling with a kid that <laughs> of course but you know when your kid is born you have a certificate of right, birth right, right. and you have a passport <laughs> but they do like uh, animal passports they do travel. animal passports right yeah. they didn't i mean like uh, they the application that I filled, at least, was uh, was connected to the chip that she has, mm. you know, from uh, from the vet, and that you know, if they ever get lost or something, they can just scan the chip and see who's the owner. And so, th at the airport, they were scanning her chip to make sure that it matched up with the paperwork. So that's gotcha. her like identity. Uh, yeah, I mean, passport. animal travel is is a huge t thing, and yeah. uh, it really depends. Every country has their own. I specifically, I know about the U.S. that. There's a list of, list of countries that if you come from and your or your dog let's say comes from, yeah. then forget about uh, it. Then yeah, you have to you have to be quarantined like for three months for or something, something like that, that, and you have to be checked that it doesn't have any rabies or things like that. Yeah. And there's other countries where you just have to, I don't know, fill in a form and make sure that you send some certificate. I'm not sure about this. I'm uh, so don't quote me. I think I think in Germany you have to supply a blood sample, and I think in uh, I I'm not sure, but I think in Japan. Regardless of where your dog comes from, they have to be six months quarantined. It's the same in uh, Australia. Australia. Yeah. Mm. Uh, there was a there was a thing that uh, happened with me in um, when I I when I lived in Hong Kong, I used to be part of the horseback archery team there. And um, Can you repeat we, that? When I horseback archery? Thing? Yes, horseback archery. Wow. Archery. Okay. In you said it so casually, and I'm just like <laughs> yeah. I'm just seeing you like uh, riding shirtless on the horse, like with your bow and arrow. <laughs> And uh, we participated in a, in a competition in Tibet at one point. We wanted to bring horses that were familiar with us as well as uh, trained to not to react to the sound of a bow going, of the twang of a bow, and, uh, or, for, or an unfamiliar object being held by the rider near them. Mm. But uh, obviously we couldn't because of the different quarantine kind of, because in that area there's lots, in Tibet there's lots of bot flies. In mm. a, uh, native to that area, and we found out that if we, if we brought our horses there, we wouldn't be able to bring them back because uh -huh. there's a no. You can't bring things from that area back to Hong Kong since Hong Kong is a much more sterile area in that regard mm. uh, compared to Tibet. So, so I want to touch on that <laughs> subject. That's really interesting. How common are things like, let's call it, um, pet shows, pet shows, pet competitions? I don't know. Horseback riding, dog races. Uh, how common is that? Where in Hong Kong, in Brazil? In Hong Kong, in the downtown area, there's a big air, there's a big horseback r racing ring, and mm -hmm. that's the only type of gambling allowed in Hong Kong. So it's, mm. it's massively lucrative. And no dog racing? I don't know about dog racing. Okay, I uh, I've never heard of dog racing. Uh, no dog racing you find in the Brit Great Britain. That's sure. a very yeah, famous. Yeah, uh, that's the British thing where they it's have a very the, British thing. The, yeah. Uh, well, Hong Kong was a British colony. It's also true. Uh, I don't. I haven't heard of it in Hong Kong, but it's the thing where they put like a, a dead rabbit on a leash and yeah. yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. There's the Derby as well, which is you know this is very English and very British kind of things to do. Dog racing, horse racing, or uh -huh. actually horse racing. You find States. that in in Italy there used to be. Yeah. There's a place in Milano called the Podromo, which was was very used and now is in abandoned. Basically, nobody uses it anymore. But if you think also the Queen has the Queen's Derby. 
which is the whenever you know every year I think or something. There's there's a few famous ones. I'm not. Uh-huh. I don't claim to be an expert on it, but. <laughs> but what about like grooming shows or, I don't know, dog cat company? I've seen like in the U.S. Yeah. In the U.S., it's, it's, it's an industry. That's no, huge. for sure. The U.S. loves pageants of any kind. Anything, yeah. <laughs> Anyone, like. No, it's it's completely. Yeah, that's very true. It's true. That's very true. Yeah, in Brazil, I would also like guess that it probably exists because it's such a massive country, and there is a market for literally every everything, but. I can guess in the states that it's um, that it's kind of tied to this uh, this old culture of pageantry that you're having you know you're breeding these dogs from you know from before they're even born to enter these uh, lives yeah. of uh, lives of pageants. So I, I mean I guess it's just uh, I guess it's kind of ingrained that the same way that uh, in the states it's it's uncommon to have a, uncommon to have a rescue dog. Yeah. Maybe it has something to do with this uh, this idea that we're we're Have breeding them. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Gen- I've even heard that there are some like genetically modified cats, genetically modified dogs. Stop it! No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> no serious. Oh, serious. There is one thing that is happening already that I didn't know, but I had a friend that worked. She was a vet, and she worked in a genetic uh, lab that they do. What's the word like genetically improvements <laughs> on cattle, so they can have like the best Mil- livestock, yeah, ever. Yeah. But they also could clone dogs. Like this is something that may be uh, commercially available soon of cloning your dog. <laughs> this is something I've heard of in China, actually. Yeah, but it, she said that the problem is is. Uh, it's very susceptible to like suing and things like mm-hmm. this because people will expect the clone to be exactly like the dog and it won't be. It, mm-hmm. it will have even like a mark that the previous dog had and this one won't. It's basically the same genetic material but, but they grow up differently. Exactly yeah. and it's, it's not like an exact twin, yeah. it can mm-hmm. be... Even in ge- identical genetic material, you might the spots might not turn out the same. Things yeah. Like that, and, then, and then, and then. Yeah. Of course. I can imagine when that kind of thing comes commercially available, though, that the companies that are providing those services are, you know, having pretty, <laughs> uh, pretty solid waivers on uh, on their liability for not providing the same exact dog. Well, let's yeah. talk. Wait, I wanna I wanna finish with. Uh, let's mm. just. I'll ask you, what are the most quintessential common common as in stereotypical names for a cat and a dog. Like in, in Israel, I would say a dog would probably be Rexy, even though that's kind of outdated. Chuki? Chuki, Shoko, something like that. Yeah, and, and a cat would probably be Mitzi. Mitzi, even though I've seen all like all the cats I know have like cat, have names like oligarchy. You know, they they have like, like what was your dog's name? Uh, Tobias Afonso. Tobias Afonso. Yeah, they, people would call their cat Sir Edward Merrick the Third, or <laughs> things like that. My my friend's dog is Salvador Francisco Melech Israel. Oh wow. my god, <laughs> that's a big name. All right, so, <laughs> that's a big so name. common names for dogs and cats in the U.S. Go. In the U.S. In the U.S. Um, well, probably Charlie uh, for dogs, cats. Well, I'm not. Uh, whiskers, I'm not, maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe whiskers. Like, yeah. yeah, we're pretty straightforward. I would say, or like, uh, whiskers are furry. Yeah. <laughs> Paws. 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 True. How about Italy? I think, I mean, probably for dogs, it's Rex. 
Rex, like as in yeah. king, because it's a very strong name. If you say for, for cat anything but meatball, I will be disappointed. No. <laughs> it's not meatball, it's uh, spaghetti meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> no, for cats, not, uh, you know, it's not very common to have. I mean, it is common, but I don't know. Micho. 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 All right. Sounds fair Micho enough. Um, I guess paws and whiskers, because it's, 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 a, it's a very... The, most of the names of the dogs and cats I've met in Hong Kong come from people who are expats and mm. not exactly it's not the Chinese names you'd think of mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah Hannah? I don't really know like dogs I think Toby is very common and Toto, Toto. like yeah Toto's Toto in Italy is, that would make very, sense but I, nowadays I see more and more people giving funny names to their yeah. Pets like food. Uh, like my friend had a cat <laughs> named Pancake, <laughs> and my friend has a dog called Porcaria. Porcaria, Porcaria literally means crap <laughs> in Portuguese. <laughs> but she was like, she doesn't answer to anything else, so that's her name now. <laughs> also, uh, I think it was it was the same friend. No, it was another friend. Had a dog called Meleka. Meleka is like something yucky like mm. uh, it's like it sounds like it it's sounds like malaka what does malaka mean in greek is it oh greek? Uh, i can't say it on air let's head on over to our rapid fire question segment i'm gonna ask an identical question to all of you and just shout out the first thing that comes to mind we'll start with you hannah oh, no. <laughs> all right it doesn't have to do with animals best no. place to get local food in your town What's local food in Sao Paulo? Like? Uh, you, you tell <laughs> me. Churrascaria. <laughs> yeah, maybe at a churrascaria, but Sao Paulo is like, it's a melting pot of everything. So... Give us your favorite. My favorite. I love the very local, very authentic Brazilian ramen that we can get at Liberdade, which is the Japanese district <laughs> in Sao Paulo. It's, it's very, like, deeply Brazilian. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of Japanese uh, people in Brazil. A yeah. lot of Brazilians are Japanese. I think it's like maybe 10% I heard once. Could that N- be? Or? No, it's like, it's the biggest Japanese community outside of Japan mm. in Sao Paulo. Where it's did like, it come from? After Japan. the First World War, the, there was big immigration and they just they did, yeah, they did very well for themselves and mm. there is a lot, yeah. like in Sao Paulo and in the north. There's lots, lots. All right, Jonathan. In the northwest corner of um, Wan Chai Playground, right next, right next to the computer, <laughs> computer mall. Oh, you're very there's specific. There's a roast, <laughs> m- there's a roast rest, like roasted, rest, roasted things restaurant. Um, one of the best places to get those ki- that kind of food in Hong Kong. Mostly, most it's mostly meats. And uh, but if you go half a block east from that, there's also a wonton restaurant. <laughs> This is uh, one of the most authentic and oldest wonton in uh, in the city. All right, we'll have all that written down. (laughs) I promise. Forty pages. You talking about street food or restaurant? Local food. Local Local food. food. Local food. So any any normal Neapolitan Napolitano pizzeria, you can go to that has a good rating. But usually, when I go to when when people ask me like when they go to Milano what they want to eat, and there's one specific uh, locale uh, in the center of Milano. It's called Luini. And it's really next to the Duomo. 
And mm -hmm. what they sell there is something called panzerotto. If you know a sambusa, you know, it's very similar, just deep fried. So what it is, it's a, uh, it's a small pizza about this size, rolled up, deep fried, wow. and then you eat it like that. And mm -hmm. it is the most amazing. Intense. Wow. <laughs> it is. It's you, you, in the moment, should, right? And then yeah. you feel gross after. No, you no. never feel gross. No, it's no, too good. We would never. Speak All right. It. Never gross. <laughs> um, well. I'm going to narrow it down from the States to Philadelphia. If you're in Philadelphia, you must, must, must have a Philadelphia cheesesteak, of course. Um, where, where's the best place to get that? Best, uh, well, like the classic ones are uh, are on East Passyunk Avenue uh, in Philly. Um, there's the two main rivals literally right across the streets from each other. There's Pat's King of Steaks and Gino's. I prefer Pat's King of Steaks. They have chop steak instead of uh, flank steak. All right, we're going to go with one last question. I'll say I'll put I'll put in my two cents. I think if you haven't had uh, sabich, you've all had mm. sabich, which is a very local dish. Uh, they just opened a new sabich in Dizengoff. It's it's the Ovad sabich that was in Give a Time, and they, ah, just, they opened it in Dizengoff. They opened one oh in Dizengoff, right next to Dizengoff Square. You can get the original sabich Ovad. Like, Ovad, yeah, okay, that, that that's one. It. That's the one. All right, favorite local um, artist, music artist. Music artist. Yeah. Right now, I'm listening to a lot of Isa. She is a new Brazilian like R&B singer. She's amazing. All right. Amazing. Cantonese music is all terrible. Tsukero. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tsukero. All right, classic. I'm going to go with the, the classic uh, duo Jay-Z and Beyonce. Oh. All right. You're welcome. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. <laughs> I want to thank my lovely guests. As you know, you can help us a lot by liking and sharing this episode or this podcast. Uh, you can follow us on social media. You can follow us on YouTube. And you can tell your friends. And if you are currently in Israel and you want to be a guest, then just write us an email or send us a message. You can email us at crossingculturespodcast at gmail.com. And I hope to see you all in the next episode. Mm -hmm.